לחיים, לחיים ולכו. אם בחוקי סי תלכו, if you will walk in my חוקים, ואספספס סי תשמרו, and you will guard my מצפס. So Hashem promises us, He's going to give us rain in its season, and all the good blessings. That's how the Torah begins this week. So, so Rashi says, what's the Torah telling us by telling us to um, walk in His חוקים? What does Hashem mean? So Rashi says that means Hashem is asking us to work hard in studying Torah. Why is it mean to work hard in studying Torah? The word the Torah uses are, is Bechukhesai. Bechukhesai means to keep my mitzvahs, my commandments. There are actually um, three different words for commandments. Bechukhesai, my chukim, refers to a specific kind of commandment. In general, there are two kinds of commandments. Mitzvahs, which we understand, and mitzvahs which are super rational, mitzvahs which are beyond our logic. But in that itself, there are two kinds. Like, for example, the mitzvah of Shabbos. Shabbos is not a mitzvah that ourselves, we would figure out by ourselves. Once the Torah commands us to keep Shabbos, we can understand it. Hashem created the world in six days. He rests on the seventh day. Hashem tells us to, uh, to keep Shabbos as well and to rest on the seventh day of the week. So that mitzvah is in the category of edus. It's a testimony. We're testifying, we're keeping Shabbos, we believe that Hashem rested on the seventh day. Understand? When we keep Shabbos, we're showing that we believe that Hashem rests on the seventh day. That's why we're resting on the seventh day too. That's the, um, that's the category called Eidos, which it's not something that our logic itself would tell us to do, but once Hashem told us to do it, we could explain it. Then there are mitzvahs which are logical, that don't need any explanation, like honor your father and mother, it's expression of gratitude to those who brought you into this world and, and it's in sync with the Torah trying to create in us this, this theme of gratitude to others. Then there is a mitzvah which is completely above logic and reason, the mitzvah of chukim, mitzvahs which are called chukim. The truth is that even the mitzvahs which are called chukim have some reasons for them. Uh, it's just that in general those mitzvahs are beyond logic and reason. They, 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 it's not like the other mitzvahs where, where the reason is really something which, which is fully understood by our minds. Um, the truth is that even the mitzvahs which are called mishpatim, mitzvahs of honoring your father and mother, mitzvahs not to steal and not to kill, even those mitzvahs, their real essence is the will of Hashem. It's not that Hashem had a reason for them, and because of the reason He issued these commandments. It's the opposite. First, Hashem had a uh, desire for these mitzvahs. Then Hashem desired that these mitzvahs should become into logic. Um, it's not that the logic motivated Hashem's desire. Because the essence of every mitzvah is the desire of Hashem. The truth is that the fact that some commandments have gone into logic and reason, some mitzvahs haven't gone into logic and reason, that itself is something which is super, super rational. We can't understand why Hashem chose some mitzvahs to go into... It makes sense to us that the red heifer is higher than logic and reason and, and uh, not to kill, not to, steal is, not to steal is logical. But that itself, Hashem created, created our minds to think that way. That is itself is something that Hashem decided, something which is super rational. Anyway, so 
So the, um, the Torah says, if you'll keep my chukim, then Hashem says, I will give you the, um, the uh, rain. Now, Rashi could have said that the Torah is, here, is referring to the mitzvahs of chukim. That's what the simple translation of chukesai means. The mitzvah is called chukim. But Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi says, you can't say that. Why not? Because there's another word in the Pasuk, another phrase in the Pasuk, guard my mitzvahs. So it doesn't say what kind of mitzvahs. This doesn't say what kind of mitzvahs. So that means it's talking about all kinds of mitzvahs. So if the word mitzvah is referring to all kinds of mitzvahs, so then we're left to wonder, what's the first part of the Pasuk talking about? What's that first part talking about? So Rashi says... It's not talking about the mitzvah. It's not talking about um, mitzvahs. Rather, although it says the word chukesai also here refers to Torah study, not just Torah study, but studying Torah in a way of of uh, to work hard in studying Torah. Why is it that the laws of the Torah, which are called, which are super rational, why are they called chukim? What does chukim have to do with, with laws which are super rational? So, in Hebrew, the word choik, which, which we're saying refers to laws which are super rational, also is connected to the word chakak, which means engraved. So you would think that the mitzvahs that we understand, that make, that make sense to us, those are more part of us. Those are things which are more natural to us. But the mitzvahs which we don't understand, the mitzvahs which are, which are beyond our logical reason, those mitzvahs, you'd think, are less part of us. They're, they're, the mitzvahs which, are, which, are, which the, where go beyond what we can understand, you think those mitzvahs are not really part of us. We do them, Hashem said so. The mitzvahs which are like you understand and you appreciate and you feel good about, you think those are more part of you. So the word chukwesai, which means to be engraved, actually you'd think would apply more to mitzvahs which make sense, mitzvahs which are logical. The Torah says no. The mitzvahs which are higher than logic, though the, those are the ones which are called engraved inside of you. Why? Because, let's, let's go for a second to understand what differences between something when it's written or, or on parchment or when something is engraved in stone. Let's understand exactly the difference between them. When something is written on a piece of paper, ink is written on a piece of paper. So the ink and the paper are two different things. And although they connect to each other, they're still two different things. And although there's, they're now become one, they can become separated again. It's, it's, the, the ink on the paper can become separated. But, and when they become separated, it's possible that nothing will be lost in the paper when they're separated. Because the ink and the parchment are two different things. So you put ink on the parchment, and then you wash off the, the ink. The parchment will remain whole. Why? Because the ink and the parchment are two different things to begin with. However, if you chisel into a piece of stone, let's say you chisel into stone, I love David Mayer, right? Yeah. Right. And then you say, I want to take off those, those words. I want to take off the words. You shouldn't, but let's say you decided to. So if you did that, the stone would be missing some of the stone. There's a part of the stone that now is not there anymore. Why? Because the words that you wrote were in the stone. They were part of the stone. So you want to take those letters off the stone, you're going to break part of the stone. 
So, so that's the difference between when you write it and when you engrave it. When you engrave it, it becomes part of the thing itself. So then how come the laws which are super rational, why are they called part of us? And the answer is, is what is a Jew? It says in the Sefer Kuzri that there are five kinds of creatures of Hashem. There is inanimate, like stones and water. There's vegetation, like trees and plants. There are animals, there are humans, and there are Jews. Jews are a different category. Where it says in the Talmud, Jews are called the heart of the, heart of the world. So it's not just a, uh, a, uh, another, uh, another kind of human, Americans and French and Jews, rather it's a whole different kind of creature. And the essence of a Jew is not intellectual. A Jew is not about being intellectual. What is the essence of a Jew? The essence of a Jew is his devotion to Hashem. This is Kabbalah Sol Hashem. So when it makes sense to him, it's logical to him, so it may feel very comfortable and very, may resonate, but it's not really touching his very core. At what point is it his very core? It's him himself? Actually, when it's beyond his logic, when it's higher than his mind. When it's higher than his mind, and he can't understand it, he's just doing because Hashem said so, that's, that's, that's part of himself, that's part of who he is. That's, that's, that's his neshama doing his neshama is him. His mind isn't him. His neshama is him. What's, what's more a, a Jew? The mind of the Jew or the neshama of the Jew? What do you think? The neshama is more yourself, right? Neshama is more you. Your mind isn't you. Your mind is the one thing you use, a tool that you use. But who are you? Who's your very core, your very essence? Your very essence is your neshama. So therefore, in the mitzvah that you have to put away your logic and you have to do, do it because Hashem said so, in that exercise, you are connecting to your deepest self. In that exercise, you're becoming one with your truest part of yourself. Your Kabbalah sale, your ability to accept Hashem as your king, that's you. That your devotion to Hashem is you. As the previous Shabbos said, A Jew is someone who accepts upon himself the yoke of Hashem. Someone who accepts upon himself the yoke of Hashem, that's what a Jew is. So that explains why the mitzvahs, which are super rational, are called chukim. They're the ones which are called engraved. And the truth is, it's not only those mitzvahs. But as I said before, every mitzvah is the will of Hashem. And that's why when the Torah introduces these laws, which are super rational, the Torah says, this is, these are the laws of the Torah. It's chukasater. It doesn't say these are the laws of whatever subject the Torah was talking about in that parasha, the laws of the red heifer. The Torah says, this is the law of the Torah which means that every mitzvah we're supposed to do with the same devotion and do it because Hashem said so. And only when you do it in that way does, do you, are you really putting your neshama into it. Are you really, get, are you really becoming one with it. Understand? But here, getting back to our subject over here, we're not talking about mitzvahs. Here Rashi says, B'chokaisa is not referring to mitzvahs. Here Rashi says, B'chokaisa means to study Torah. Whereas the Urachayim HaKadosh says, that here, when the Torah says to study, to work in the study of Torah, to work hard in the study of Torah, here the Torah uses the word chuk chuk. specifically try is referring to working hard in the study of Torah. Why is it? Why is it when you work hard in the study of Torah? Um, why is that considered chukaisa? When you do something. Let's say, you, let's say you enjoy learning. So how much do you enjoy learning? 
let's say you enjoy learning for two hours, or three hours, or how deeply do you enjoy learning? How, 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 how hard do you want to work with your mind to understand something? Let's say you want to push yourself, you know, 10% more than you did last time, 20% more than you did last time. There's going to be a limit to how much you're enjoying it, and then you're going to be like, I can't anymore. You might start off with like a whole like burning fire, I want to do this, and then, and then you lose the energy after a while, right? Why? Because you and the learning aren't the same. It's not, it's, not, it's not part of you. But when it's one thing with you, you never get tired of it. It's, it's, it's similar to what the Gemara says about dessert. The Gemara says, There's always room for dessert, always room for sweet things. If it's sweet, it's geschmack. If you enjoy it, you have room for it. But, but you, only, you only still have so much room. And when, only when it's part of you, it's one with you, then there's no limits. So when the Torah says to work hard in the study of Torah, it doesn't mean to, to do as much as you enjoy. It doesn't mean to do for many hours as much as you enjoy. It means to go beyond what you enjoy. Beyond to exert yourself harder than you, than, than you want to. To learn longer than you want. To go beyond what's, what's comfortable for you. Like the Gemara says that uh, brought in Tanya in chapter 15, the Alter Rebbe says there are two kinds of people. Those who serve Hashem, those don't serve Hashem. The Alter Rebbe says, who is someone who serves Hashem? The Alter Rebbe says, someone who serves Hashem is someone who reviews his Gemara 101 times. 101 times. What if you learn it 100 times? You're not considered a servant of Hashem. Only if you do it 101 times, then you're a servant of Hashem. Why 100? Why one time makes a difference? So Alter Rebbe gives an example of a shuk shachamarim. In those days, in the time of the Gemara, there was, there was a uh, rented donkey. If you rented a donkey, you wanted to go 10 parsa, like let's say 10 kilometers, so you would pay one zuz, one, $100. You wanted to go 11, you have to pay $200. Why? Because you're going beyond the limits of what the donkey can do. Since you're going beyond the limits of what the donkey can do, it costs twice as much. So... So, uh, in a similar way, the Alter says that when we go beyond our limits in serving Hashem, that's when we become a servant of Hashem. When we do what we're used to and we're comfortable, that's not called a servant of Hashem. When we specifically, specifically when we break our limits, we go beyond our nature, when we're too tired to learn, when we're not interested in learning, and we push ourselves anyways to learn, that's, that's when we're becoming a servant of Hashem, and that's when we're connecting to Torah in a way that it becomes us. Then the Torah, is, that, that's a sign. The fact that I'm going beyond limitations, that's a sign that Torah is part of me. That's the Torah is, is, is one with me. And it's, the Torah continues and says, You should walk in my, in my chukim. What does that mean? In this effort of studying Torah beyond limits, there are different levels. There is studying Torah beyond limits of what you were used to last week. And there's studying Torah beyond the limits of what you used to this week. And then next week, and then the week after, there's, there is 101 times. Let's say you got used to 101 times. Now 101 times is easy for you. So now, what's considered serving Hashem? Doing 102 times. Like Deborah Hashab said, Deborah Hashab was leaving with the city of Lubavitch with his son, the previous Rebbe. And Deborah Hashab mentioned how Lubavitch was the home of, the, of Chabad for 102 years. 
And he mentioned the significance of the number of 102. When he says that although in the Gemara it says that 101 is a, is a level of service of Hashem, but that has become the norm. And now Chassidus has added another layer, and therefore what's required is 102. That was the meaning of the 102 years that Lubavitch was the home of the Chabad movement. Anyways, so the, um, so the instruction of Hashem, means that you consistently have to work harder than you did before. And then what does the Torah say as re- will happen as a result? As a result of this, the Torah says that Hashem will give all the brachas. But the key is that although we're talking about going beyond what's enjoyable, it doesn't mean that you don't enjoy it. It means if it's part of you, then you enjoy it, right? It's not that you're enjoying it because of the logic of it. Like there were these Greek philosophers who would study their Greek philosophy all day long and they enjoyed it. They wouldn't eat and they wouldn't drink and they wouldn't sleep and they'd go on and on. But it was because they loved the intellectual pursuit of it. Here we're talking about not that you're enjoying it because of the intellect in it, because it makes sense to you and it's enjoyable. Rather, we're talking about working hard in the study of Torah because this is the will of Hashem, because this is what Hashem wants us to do. Just when Hashem gave us the Torah, He told that we said to Hashem, we will do before we understand. It was built on us being devoted to Hashem beyond logic and reason. So too, our approach to Torah study cannot be that we're just studying Torah as much as, as, much as we like to. If we're doing that, then it's not, it's not, the is not part of us. It's not the way to make Torah part of us. What's the way to make Torah part of you? It's, it, it, works, it works both ways. One, it, it indicates that Torah is part of you when you go beyond yourself. That, that shows that, that it's one with you. Like the Gemara even says about certain tzaddikim that they had to like control themselves in order not to think about Torah when they were in a place that they weren't allowed to think Torah because they just couldn't stop thinking about Torah because that was, that was their whole being was Torah. So, 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 so the fact that you think about Torah endlessly, even places that you shouldn't, and you have to control yourself, that, 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 that itself shows that you're one with Torah. But also, to make Torah part of you, it also requires this uh, devotion beyond logical reasons, beyond your norm, beyond your nature. Like the Alter says, to reach Pneumius, Pneumius means to make something part of you, you have to have sacrifice for it. So it's specifically by us working in the study of Torah, beyond what we're used to, that, we're, that we make the Torah part of who we are, that we become, the Torah becomes engraved within us. And that's the key to uh, the, all the brachas and the parashan, especially the bracha, the coming of Mashiach. And the Mashiach comes, says the same thing. When Mashiach comes, it says that Tamid Chachamim, the wise, they have no rest. They will rest in this world and they rest in the world to come. Why not? It says in the Torah, they go from strength to strength. So last week, 101 was the normal. Now 102. Mashiach comes to be the same thing. We're continuously going higher, higher and higher in our study of Torah and in our exertion the study of Torah, but this all is with Gishmak, it's enjoyable. What's, what's enjoyable? It's enjoyable not because of the logic in it, but because a Jew feels that he and the Torah are one. Hashem and the Torah and the Jewish people, the Zohar says, are one. And so that's what I wanted to share. It's very important to us to come to Lagbemer, and Lagbemer is a day that teaches us we have to set aside some time, study Torah in a way, the Torah Siyam Nasi, like it's Shabbos, you don't answer the phone, you don't do anything. You're totally submerged and scuba diving in this Torah, and you're cut the cord. There's no snorkeling. It's completely in, 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 in the water, in the water of Torah, and that brings all the brachas of Hashem and, and the brachas of the coming Mashiach, as it says in the Torah portion. Hashem will lead us upright 
and of Israel, Makar of Mamish, Machayim. Thank you.